0: Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for this wonderful day that you have made possible for us to meet here. We give you praise. We give you all the honor and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. As we are gathered here, we pray that you will speak to us. Touch our lives, O God. We are gathered unto you and not to any man in Jesus' name. We pray that our hearts will be open to your word. We pray that our hearts will be good grounds for your word. Father, I ask for utterance this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak through me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the spirit of thanksgiving, just want to touch on a few verses concerning thanksgiving before we move on to um, talk about anxiety. And so let's um, read from Deuteronomy chapter 8. I know that we're going to talk about dealing with anxiety, part two, but let's, in the spirit of thanksgiving, let's just touch on being thankful to God and then we'll move on. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10 to 12, the Bible says, When you have eaten and you are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget of the Lord your God by not keeping his commandment his judgment, and his status, which I command you today, least when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when when your heads and your flock multiply, when your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fairy serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there is no water, who brought water from for you out of the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and might of my hand have gained me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord, your God, For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. And he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And so this is God instructing the people of Israel. That when they come into the land, they should not forget the Lord their God. They should not forget the God who has brought them into that land. The God who has given them everything that they have the God who took them out of bondage in Egypt, they were servants, they were slaves in Egypt, and God took them out of Egypt and brought them into a land that he has promised them. He said that after he has brought them into the land, they shouldn't forget him as their God. They shouldn't forget him as the one who has brought them where they are and the one who has given them everything they have. He says to them that you shall be careful not to forget, for it is the Lord your God who has given you everything you have. It is the Lord your God who has given you the power to make wealth. As we remember and give thanks, we should remember that everything we have, everything we own, has been given to us by God. Everything that we are, everything that we can ever boast of, is a free gift that God has given us. And that is why we have every cause to be thankful to God. As long as we are alive, there are always things that we are expecting to happen in our lives. And sometimes we make those things rob us of having a heart of gratitude. But as we remember and give thanks today as believers, we should remember that the, one, of the, one of the main reasons or one of the main um, indicators that you are still alive, Is that you continue to want things to happen. There are things that you desire to see happen in your life. It's just a sign that you are alive. Because when you don't have any expectation, when you have given up everything, then you are not alive. But as long as we are alive, there are always things that we expect God to do for us, things that we expect to happen in our lives. And sometimes we make those things rob us of having a heart of gratitude. But God expects that we bring back gratitude to him. And so he is reminding the people that that remember your God who took you out of the house of bondage. The God who, who, who walked with you in the wilderness, even in the midst of dangerous animals and serpents. God preserved and protected them and brought them out of a thirsty land to a land that is filled with good things. All of us will remember that there was a time in our lives that there was hardship. There was probably you have experienced hunger or you have experienced a time in your life that you couldn't buy the things that you wanted to buy. But God brought you out of those periods, those difficult situations. There were things that happened in our lives that we thought were going to destroy us that we were never going to come out of those things. But today we have been able to put those things behind us. It is God who has kept us together. And so we have every reason to be thankful to him. He expects that we bring back his glory to him and give him thanks. The Bible says that you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives who gives you the power to make wealth. We will not be able to create wealth by ourselves, but God can give us the power. He gives us the grace, he gives us life. When the rich fool said that I have everything I need, and therefore I will tell my soul that rejoice, eat, and be satisfied. The Lord said, I will snatch your, your life from you, and then the things that you have gathered, you see the one who will enjoy them. And for us to be alive alone, is a great blessing, and it's, it, it tells of how rich we are if we are still alive, and we have breath in our lungs, and our heart is still beating, and there is blood in our veins. We should just be thankful to God for all these things. In Luke chapter 17, verse 12 to 19, the Bible tells us about the story of 10 lepers who were healed by Jesus Christ. And when the 10 lepers were healed by Jesus Christ, the Bible says, when Jesus told them, let me just read quickly. Then he entered a village. There met him 10 men who were lepers, who stood afar off. The reason why the men stood afar off was because in those days when you were a leper, you don't come into the community. You have to stay outside of the community. And if you are walking in the midst of people where, or where there are other people and you are walking, you have to scream and announce that you are there and you are a leper. And so they should, they should move away from you. And so imagine if a leper was going to pass in the midst of people, he would scream and tell people that there's a leper coming, there's a leper coming, I mean, so that they, they don't go close to him because it was contagious. And most in, in that culture, they saw it as a curse. And so those lepers were usually at the outskirts of the city. And so the Bible says when Jesus Christ was walking in their midst, he saw 10, ten lepers And you know what normally happens is that because these people are cast out of the city, they are always together. They form an association because they find themselves in the same place. And the Bible says that they lifted up their voices when they saw Jesus Christ. They said, Master, have mercy on me. All of them, the ten people, were saying, have mercy on us together. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. So it was, as they went, they were cleansed. What happens is that when a leper is cleansed, they have to go and show themselves to the priest that I was, I was a leper, but now I am healed. And the priest will allow them to now come in the midst of the community. So it was a requirement of the law of Moses that when a leper is healed, they go and show themselves to the priest. The priest will make sure that they are healed before they come to the community. So Jesus Christ said, go and show yourself to the priest. And on their way, as they were obeying the words of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that they, they they saw that they were healed. And one of them, verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his. Sorry, I'm reading you can see. It. <laughs> and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks, giving him thanks. So this leper saw that he has been healed. He saw that what was shame, what took them away from society, what made people not even associate with them was gone. And so he ran back and gave thanks to the master. And the Bible says he was a Samaritan. This is a very important point. He was a Samaritan. The one person who came back was a Samaritan. The other nine who did not come back, they were Jewish people. And so they, you know, there's this sense of entitlement that we have in this, our generation. That we feel that God owes us and God must pay us something. We even feel that society owes us. We feel that government owes us. And so everything we have, we are not able to be thankful if we have that sense of entitlement. That we deserve everything and everything, we have to uh, we have to receive everything that we want. A sense of entitlement sometimes robs us of having a heart of gratitude. We have to appreciate everything God does for us. And the Bible says this man who came back was a Samaritan. And he came back giving thanks to God. It means this guy did not even know the laws. He didn't even know the the Jewish laws. He wasn't familiar with all these things. But he knew in his heart inherently that when somebody does something good to you, you just come back to say thank you. And so Jesus rebuked the other nine people and said to them, so the Bible says, so Jesus answered, Were there not ten that were cleansed? But where are the nine? Were were there not found, sorry, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And so we don't have to be like this nine who did not come back to say thank you. Obviously, Jesus was not pleased that they didn't come back to say thank you, so he rebuked them. And so in the spirit of thanksgiving, just don't focus on the things that you are waiting God to do in your life. Don't focus on the things that has not happened yet in your life, but focus on the things that God has done for you. We had a, pandi- a pandemic. A lot of people lost their lives. Some people lost their jobs. Some people have not even recovered for whatever effects that they had. But if we are here today, we are alive today, we have every cause to be thankful to God. Last year by this time, we did not have the privilege of celebrating Thanksgiving because of the pandemic. But this year, we thank God that people are able to still travel to their family members. People are able to visit their friends and to share Thanksgiving meals with them. We have to be thankful. Amen. Mm -hmm. Now, in the midst of celebration and the holidays, one of the things that people normally go through is anxiety. People are anxious. People get depressed. People get overwhelmed by the holidays. And that is why I thought it was good for us to, to discuss dealing with anxiety. So, as we in introduction, we are talking about dealing with anxiety. Amen. Yeah. Right. So, last week... Our anchor scripture was Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. The Bible says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so last week we said that the Bible instructs us that we shouldn't be anxious for anything, but in everything we should pray. The Bible expects us that as believers we pray about everything. And once we pray, one of the response we get to our prayers, the immediate response we get is that we get peace in our heart. The Bible says after we have prayed, after we have um, sent our petitions to God with thanksgiving, the next thing that happens is that the peace of God will guard our heart. Last week we said that just like military men are assigned to buildings state buildings to protect and defend those state buildings that is what happened the bible says the peace of god will become a guard in your heart so the peace of god will stand at the door of your heart to make sure that you are not anxious so make sure that you are not depressed so any situation that brings you anxiety any situation that brings you depression pray concerning that situation Give thanks to God that He has delivered you from that situation. And when you do that, the Bible says that God will send His peace to be a God at the doorpost of your heart so that no intruders will go in inside your heart, but you have peace in your heart. When Jesus Christ was living the earth, He said, My peace I leave with you, not as the peace that the world gives you, but Jesus Christ said He Himself gives us peace he gives his peace to us and we know that the lord is our peace and so last week we talked about seven things that cause anxiety one of the things was thoughts uh, thoughts and imagination we begin to imagine things that sometimes never happen sometimes we imagine ourselves in accidents we imagine ourselves in hospital beds we imagine something bad happened to us those things bring us anxiety and so we need to take control of our imaginations. How do we take control of our imaginations? And that is why after Philippians told us that we should, we should not be anxious for nothing, it addressed our thoughts. And so he says that, what finally, in verse 8, he says, whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, these are the things you should think about. And so when you find yourself thinking about something that does not conform to any of this description, then what you have to do is to replace that thoughts. With the thoughts of the word of God. Amen. Amen. And now the Bible says, sorry. Then the second thing we said was, happenings around us, the things that happen around us cause us anxiety. When we hear news of uh, wars, rumors of wars, when we hear about crimes, when we hear about things around us, things that are uh, happening around us, most recent one of the things that is they yeah, are talking about in the Lord is economic recession and that is going to be recession. Some of these things can bring anxiety and bring panic in our heart. But let's know that the Lord is our peace. Once we know God is our peace, no matter what happens in the outside world, we know that God is still our peace. The next thing we touched on was when you are overwhelmed by things that that you are going through, when you're overwhelmed by family, when you're overwhelmed by work or by the season, like this season right now, when we are overwhelmed by that, that when we saw the, the story of Ma, uh, uh, Martha Martha, and then Mary, and Jesus Christ told them that one thing is needful. So when you are overwhelmed by things around you, just remind yourself there is only one thing that is important, and that is your relationship with God. So don't allow things to overwhelm you. The next thing we, says, we said was when you are confronted with challenges, Jesus Christ invites us that we should. Bring our burdens to him. And the last three points, I know that we're almost closing, and so I had to run through that. So today, I'm just going to take my time on the last three points, and then we will wrap up um, (coughs) our study on dealing with anxiety. Judges chapter 6. Verse 22 to 24, the Bible says, now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, peace be to you. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. To this day, it is still in offer of the Abizeret. I wanted to use the old King James version, which says Jehovah Shalom. And so Gideon had an encounter with the angel of the Lord. When the angel of the Lord visited Gideon. And Gideon had an interaction with the angel of the Lord. And so when the angel showed Gideon a sign that he, he was actually the angel of the Lord, now Gideon became afraid that he had encountered the angel of the Lord. And so he thought he was going to die. But the angel told him that the Lord, the, the angel told him that peace be with you and do not fear. And so Gideon called the place Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is our peace. As a believer, as a child of God, there are so many names of um, God that is in the Bible. One of the names is Jehovah Shalom. That is, God is our peace. And so you know that God is your peace as a child of God. So in the midst of confusion, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of people who are busy, moving up and down, dealing with issues here and there, know that Jehovah is your peace. In the midst of bad news, in the midst of news of economic um, downturn, know that Jehovah is your peace. And so do not lose your peace over things that happen around you. Do not lose your peace over attacks or rumors of wars or all these things that happen around you. Know that no matter what, God is with you and he is your peace. And so Gideon give a name to the place. He said the place is called The Lord is Peace. And therefore, God is our peace. One of the points that we touched on the other time is fear. Fear brings anxiety. The Bible tells us in First Timothy chapter one verse seven that I'm sorry, Second Timothy chapter one verse seven that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And so, whenever you see fear, whenever you feel afraid. Know that it is not something that is coming from God. Know that you are leaving the place or the thing that God has given you to something else that God has not given you. And anything that God has not given you, if you are a child of God, you can rebuke that out of your life. And so whenever you feel afraid, this is a good verse to go and say, this is a, a good verse to go to and say that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but God has given me a spirit of power a spirit of love, and a spirit of sound mind. And therefore, I will not be afraid. I am not scared whatever happens around me because God is my peace. Jehovah is my peace. God will protect and preserve me. God will deliver me from every fear, from every harm, from everything that the enemy is planning against me. God will preserve and protect you. Anxiety will not be able to take over you. But the Bible says God has given you a sound mind. And so you pray. the bible instructed us in philippians pray about everything so as you pray you say god has given me a sound mind and therefore i will not be afraid by ten thousand enemies that come around me god is going to protect and preserve me because he will keep me in perfect peace because i set my mind on him you begin to experience me the bible says after you have prayed god will send his peace into your heart so know that fear is a spirit and it doesn't come from God. If it doesn't come from God, then it comes from the enemy. And you are a child of God, you shall not entertain anything that comes from the enemy. Amen. Amen. When you go through a bad experience, whenever, when you have experienced something bad, most of the times, you, anytime you go close to that thing, you think that it's going to happen, the same um, thing is going to happen again. And so Paul when he was talking about his past and how he treated his past, he says, "Brethren, I do not count myself as some uh, uh, as my, myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do: forgetting those things that are behind, I reach forward to those things that are ahead." So Paul said, he leaves the things that are behind him. He leaves the pain of the past behind him. He leaves the bad experience of the past behind him. He buries those things. And he pressed on forward. And so if you remember the other time when we spoke about um, Joshua chapter 1, Israelites were mourning over the death of Moses. They were crying and weeping over the death of Moses. And God said, my, my servant Moses is dead. Now you and this people arise and move forward. It took God to come and tell them that, listen, you have to forget about the past. Yes, Moses was a great servant. Moses was a great leader. You have experienced peace when Moses was leading you. Moses took you through um, through the, uh, the the sea. Moses took you through the wilderness. Moses was the one whom through whom you were able to get water in the wilderness. Through whom you were able to get manna. Yes, but leave that behind now, because Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, you and the people have to arise and move on. Sometimes you need to shake off yourself from the burden of the past from the pain and the bad experience of the past so that it does not repeat itself or does not bring you anxiety so that when you approach a situation that looks like what you have been through you don't think that it's going to happen again you need to bury the past and leave the past behind it is good that the past has taught you certain lesson it has made you rich and prepared you for the states that you are in now it has made you a better person but leave the past behind bury the pain of the past yes sometimes the scars will still be there but leave the pain of the past behind heal make sure your heart is healed and move on because if you stay too long in the pain of the past you stop the blessings of the future from flowing to you and so bury the pain of the past learn the whatever lesson it is ask for the help of god to be able to move on and bury the past behind now when I was preparing, my mind was taken to the, the one who wrote the song, When Peace Like a River, um, That is, it is well with my soul. My mind was taken to that story. And just to share a story with you, this was a man who had just lost his family, lost his kids. So he was supposed to travel with his family, uh, with his wife and his four kids. And he couldn't travel, so he had, they had to take the lead. And they were traveling with 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 a ship, and they had an accident. The wife was saved out of the accident, but he lost the four kids. And so he was in. So quickly he had to take another ship to to join his wife, who was mourning the loss of their four kids. And he wrote this song. It is well with my soul. When they were on that on the ship coming to meet his wife, this was a man who had lost four of his kids and he still wrote this wonderful song that we sing. It is well with my soul. He says, when peace like a river attends to his way, it is well with my soul. And so look at a man who had lost everything. Trying to see if I can find a song. But I believe that we, we know, good, I found it. I believe that we know the words of the song. He said, it is well with my soul. When peace like a river attended my way, when sorrows like sea, sea billows roll, whatever my Lord, that has taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Look at how long this, I mean, this song is very, very old. It's a very old song. But each time we sing this song, we are blessed. But this was a man who had been through a painful experience. He could have chosen to complain and, and curse God and said all those things. This wonderful song would not have come out of that. But out of that experience, because he practiced a heart of gratitude, he didn't allow the pain to hold him back. Even before this time, before this tragedy, the, he had started a business and was going through some series of losses. But yet still, he said it is well. He, even though the business had been through a difficult time, he has lost his four kids, but he still wrote this wonderful song. That it is well with my soul. He didn't allow the pain to bury the pain he, the pain that he was experienced to bury his gratitude to God. But he still said, It is well with my soul. And so when we go through bad experiences, we can turn it around and give praise to God and give glory to God. Because we know that the ultimate everything that we have, the ultimate um the ultimate price or the ultimate, uh, the ulti- what, what has the ultimate worth is our relationship with God. And so even when we lose everything and we still have God, we know that we have everything that we have lost. Amen. And so Jesus Christ does not expect, he, it, it, when he was leaving the disciples in John chapter 14, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Why did Jesus Christ tell them, let not your heart be troubled? The disciples, he had just told them that I'm leaving, I'm going to the Father. They had worked with Jesus Christ all these years. They had known him as their master. He's somebody who provided for them. Whenever they were around Jesus, they were bold, they were strong. They were regarded as nothing. These people were ordinary fishermen, were not respected in the community. Somehow, when they got Jesus in their life, that whole status changed. And now Jesus Christ told them that he was about to leave and go to the Father. Not only did he tell them that he was about to leave and go to the father, but he said he was going to be put in the hands of wicked men and they were going to crucify him. And so when he had told them all these things, they were very sad. They were heartbroken. And Jesus Christ said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And so let not your heart be troubled by news that you have had. Let not your heart be troubled by things that happen around you. Decide that you are going to practice, that you will not let things trouble you. You will not let things get to you. You will not let things worry you. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let things trouble your heart. And Jesus Christ said to them, believe in God. So no matter what losses you have experienced, no matter what thing that you have been through, Jesus is saying, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe that God is able to turn... You see, if you have faith in God, that He's able to turn situations around, that He's able to change things to your favor. The Bible says, all things work together for our good. He didn't say all good things work together for our good. He says all things. So the bad, the good the things that we wish never happened the bible says it's to work together for our good and so believe god that whatever you find yourself whatever is causing you pain whatever is causing your heart to be troubled, just believe god that he's able to take that away from you he's able to use that for his glory amen the bible says in isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 that god will keep in Perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. What that means is that your mind contributes a lot to the peace that you experience in your heart. God will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So whenever you keep your mind on God, you experience peace. And this connects to the scripture we read from Philippians that when we whatever things are good whatever things are lovely so if we keep our mind on god he has promised that he will keep us in perfect peace because we trust in him not because we don't see the evil that is happening around us not because we don't feel the pain that is going on around us but because we trust in god that no matter what is, the man who wrote this song it is well with my soul it is because of the trust he had in god That God is able to do what He says He will do. That no matter what happens, He has found God and that alone is enough for Him. And so He says He will keep us in perfect peace if we keep our mind, if we stay our mind on Him. What is our role in this whole thing? Our role in, in this verse is to stay our mind on God. To stay our mind on the things of God. And God will keep us in perfect peace. So when you find that your heart is troubled, when you find that your heart, you are overwhelmed, when you find that you are feeling anxious about anything, turn your mind back to the word of God. Turn your mind back to God. And the Bible says he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And this reminds me of a story of Jesus, the story of Jesus and Peter. When Jesus invited Peter to come and walk with him on the sea. The Bible says in verse 29 of Matthew chapter 14. So he said come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous. You see, for a moment, Peter was walking and was, he was the only apostle who experienced walking in water because he dared to believe the word of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ told him to come, he just went out there and was walking. And for a moment, he was walking successfully. But the Bible says, but when he saw the wind, so he was walking successfully until he took off his eyes from Jesus Christ and looked at the trouble that was happening. He looked at the wind. He focused his mind on the wind. He focused his mind on what was happening around him. And that moment, fear entered into him and he was afraid. So the moment where his eyes were on the word, he obeyed the word and was following the word. He was walking on the sea until he took off his eyes from the word. And so each time that we focus our eyes on the things that we see or on the bad news or on the things that are not the word of God, it brings fear in our heart. And that's why the Bible says that you should guard your heart. The things that you allow to go inside your mind can find their way into your heart. And that is why we must always focus on the Word of God. That's why I repeat every day that before you turn or you open your mind to the news or you open your heart to the news, make sure that you have read the good news. Because once you read the good news, it prepares you, what you are going to face in the moment so you see when we continue to hear the bad news the bad news and that becomes our thoughts the news becomes our thoughts and because at that moment our eyes is off the word and our eyes is on the news and that can bring fear in our lives and so we should focus our mind and our eyes on the word and so as long as peter had his eyes on jesus christ and did not see the wind he wasn't afraid but when he took off his eyes from Jesus Christ and he saw the wind, the boisterous wind, the boisterous all oh, had always been there because on the sea definitely there is wind and there is always, um, how do you call it, there is always, um, how do you call that, waves. the waves of the sea, there is always the waves of the sea. But as long as he was looking at Jesus Christ, he was able to walk. And the Bible says, when he became afraid, he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And so fear brings in doubt. And that all depends on what you focus on. And that is why Isaiah tells us that he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So we need to practice this, that we will stay our mind on the word of God. We'll stay our mind on the things of God. We'll stay our thoughts on the things of God. And we'll begin to experience perfect peace. So how do we deal with anxiety in our lives? Keep your mind on the word of God. Keep your thoughts on the word of God. And pray about everything. When you you see, you hear bad news that is beginning to make you fear. Just pray concerning that news. After you have prayed, believe the word of God. Jesus said, trust in me, believe in God, let not your heart be troubled. And so when you have heard something that is not good, let not your heart be troubled, trust in God. He says, believe in me. So after you have prayed, you, you just believe in God, hand over everything to God. Jesus Christ said, cast your burdens upon me for I care for you. He says, everything that is a burden to you, don't not carry it. I am here, standing here. I want to carry those burdens for you. Do not carry your burdens yourself. Is anything a burden to you right now? Is anything disturbing your peace? Jesus says with open hands, I am here. Cast those burdens. Give those burdens to me, for I care for you. We have to be convinced that Jesus Christ cares so much for each one of us. He tells us, like, like we read last week, that the hair on our head is numbered that is how detailed he cares for us and so he says bring all your burdens to me for i care for you lastly i want to remind us that the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace one of the fruit of the spirit is peace you don't see anxiety there and anxiety there you don't see depression there don't see any of those things there but these are the fruits of the Spirit and as people who have the Spirit of God we need to bear this fruit of the Spirit and we have to believe that the Spirit of God that is inside of us will help us walk in love walk in joy walk in peace one of the things when I was meditating this morning one of the things decisions that I took myself is that I am going to walk in joy no matter what goes on no matter what I hear I I have decided that I'm going to walk in joy and make sure that I affect other people with this joy. And so if there is absence of peace in your life, take what the Word of God is saying, that the fruit of the Spirit is peace. The Spirit of God that is inside of you will give you peace. Walk and bear this fruit of the Spirit. God has given you His Spirit to help you bear this fruit of the Spirit. And one of those fruits is peace. Do not let anything steal your peace. In the midst of this season, when people are going to be overwhelmed by everything that is happening, by the commercials, by, by visiting family, by having, hanging out with friends, do not be overwhelmed by all these things. Practice peace. Deliberately choose that you are going to practice peace. Jehovah is your peace. He is the God of peace. And if we are his children, we are children of peace. And so let's practice peace. Let's decide that we are going to set our minds, stay our minds on the word of God and experience perfect peace. I want you to remember that God has promised us perfect peace if we will stay our minds on him. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. We bless your holy name. We honor you, O God, for you are our peace in the name of Jesus. In the midst of the storm, we declare that we have peace. Father, we rebuke every spirit of fear. We rebuke every spirit of anxiety. I pray for everyone at the sound of my voice right now in the name of Jesus, that they will receive peace in their heart. They receive peace in their lives, in Jesus' mighty name. Devil, you have no place. Fear, you have no place. Depression, you have no place. Anxiety, you have no place in their lives, in the name of Jesus. I declare that the presence of God will rest upon their heart, will rest upon their lives, will rest upon their heads, and rest upon their homes, in Jesus' mighty name. They will experience peace that comes from a relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen.